0: The always interesting Chicago Sky are on the agenda today. The always wonderful James Tay is here to talk about them. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now.
1: You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Well, hi there and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Everywhere podcasts are found, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. The cost, and I totaled it up. It's a nothing, which seems like a really good deal for all of you. So I highly recommend it. Uh, also, make sure you're following all the work we are doing 24/7, 365 at the next thenexthoops.com. An opportunity to see over 100 reported pieces on women's basketball every single month, and somebody who's contributed plenty of them, with more to come, is James K, who writes about the Chicago Sky for us. Uh, James. Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. It followed a late night Tuesday night. Uh, now, as I understand it, the sky um, had a terrible loss to the Las Vegas Aces. They fell behind by 28. Uh, I went to sleep, um, so I'm just going to take a big swig of this water and look at the uh, the box score from what I assume is a terrible loss by Chicago. Right,
1: Howard, you're going to have to check again, my man, because oh my god. The Chicago Sky pulled off the biggest comeback in WNBA history. It was incredible. I can't do a spit
0: take. I can't do a spit take. This is my only computer. I can't take the (laughs) chance. That's crazy. 28 points down and they come back and win. So, you know, we're going to talk about that and we're going to get into, of course, some of the specific players who are particularly huge for what the Sky are this year, up to 11-5 and with that big win over Vegas, you know, whether it's uh, someone like uh, Azrae Stevens or even just what Emma Meesman has been so far. But when did you start to think as you're watching that game last night that they had a chance at their comeback?
1: At halftime, honestly. I mean, this team has was looked so calm on the bench. This is one of those games where I really wish I could have just read the body language of everyone that was on the bench last game for this guy because early on in the game you saw James Wade sitting down, like taking a seat when he's usually very animated on the sideline. And it looked like it was just going to be one of those long days for the sky where they get punched in the mouth early on. And maybe they could lessen the deficit from 28 points to like get it to single digits, maybe by the end of the game. But this team, they said after the first quarter, they they remained calm. They just had to take it play by play. And again, it was just, it really felt like a playoff atmosphere. Mm-hmm. just watching that game and when you have the championship pedigree that the sky have this is just something that like a team like that is going to be able to pull off even in the most dire circumstances they have the talent to come back from any deficit
0: the truth of the matter is that this team has learned how to win in general. I mean, you talk about championship pedigree, but it struck me in much the same way that the Seattle Storm, watching them in person on Sunday, and I've seen them do it. When you win a championship, it seems as if there's an understanding of what is required of you in the moment. And even in a game where you're down by 28, it seems like this team understood it. But I am struck by the fact that the Las Vegas Aces, who were a very good defensive team, they allowed Chicago ultimately to shoot Fifty seven point three percent from the field. Uh, You know, we've talked and last time we were on the show, we even talked about this, how the sky were below what you would expect them to be uh, shooting wise. Do you think this is the best sign yet that we are just seeing a regression to the mean?
1: I think so. This is one of the reasons why I've been pushing James Wade on this a little bit, just asking about like, hey, you don't identify as a three point shooting team, but you have all these players that are well above average when it comes to shooting from beyond the arc in their careers. And one of the most miraculous things about this comeback, Howard, is that Kalia Copper went three for 11 from the field. The sky didn't get their first free throw attempt until eight minutes and three seconds into the fourth quarter. I mean, Mm -hmm. they put up 104 points getting to the line seven times. So they really needed to really take care of business from beyond the arc. And, Honestly, this is kind of what I thought the sky were going to be, a team that could spread the floor, can beat you off the dribble and get to the line, obviously. But, again, really nail shots from three-point range. And the last two games, honestly, last three games, we've seen that from them. And their offensive upside is just so much higher when they are able to rely on that three-point shot just a little bit more. But they've also been super efficient from in the paint compared to not so much from that area of the floor Meeting three-point range uh, Throughout cool. this entire season so far
0: I mean, they're now up to 35.8% from three Which is starting to get to where you would Expect it of them I look at somebody like Azure Stevens And I, I think we got to talk about Azure In a couple of different ways But obviously, shooting 8-for-10 from the field overall For 19 points Azure is also, uh, double-check Yeah, I am right about that North of 38% from three Coming off the bench Just remarkable remarkable what Azrae Stevens is and has become as you know I, I mean it, it overstates it say Gino used to talk about her Gino oriyama as his 6-6 shooting guard but she's so much more than that for this team.
1: She is the sixth starter on this team and we saw how easily like how easy the transition was when Candace Parker took two, two games off. Um, she looked great last night and but Azrae Stevens was just able to come right back in and be the, the five that they needed to really just keep this train moving. And she I mean, she started in the playoffs last year, Howard. I mean, I thought there was a good chance, just because of how great she was in the postseason last year, that this guy could go more with a three-big lineup with Miesemann, Stevens, and Parker, which James Wade has pretty much abandoned since the start of the season um, when Kalia Copper came back. I think he just values mm-hmm. that versatility. So, Azari Stevens was the reason this guy were able to keep their heads just barely above water after that first quarter. Because, I mean, I forget exactly what she started off in the first quarter, but she ended, she started the game six for six on the field. And they don't win this game without her last night. She was just yeah. phenomenal. When you
0: look at what Stevens is doing, does it stream six? player of the year award to you you know it's obviously a competitive battle for that Bree Jones is somehow coming off the bench and uh, coming into last night led the league in shares. the league not among bench players everyone in shares. but uh, does Azure have to be in that conversation
1: I think so and it's not even just what she provides on the offensive end and she's really improved as a spot-up shooter this year just looking more confident like forget the stats for a second like she is taking more spot-up shots, but, like, she just looks more confident, and the Sky needs someone like that coming off like – or coming in after Candace Parker takes a seat, after Emma Measeman takes a seat, just having that confidence in the second unit when that hasn't necessarily always been a strong seat for the Sky. And it's funny, I I wonder how much – I, I kind of wonder if Rebecca Gardner should also be in that conversation sometimes, you know, but like yeah. Ezra is the first person off the bench. So she does obviously fit that mold, but yeah, it's so crazy because I just view her as a starter. So like having that six woman of the year conversation it just feels weird just because of how it just feels like she is the the sixth starter on this team.
0: You know, points per game is obviously a really blunt instrument to measure depth, but I just love it when you look at Chicago and Kalia Copper at 14.5 points per game leads this team. But Emma's at 13.3. Candace is at 12.7. Sloot is at 12.1. is at 10.8. And then you got Allie Quigley at 9.6. And Rebecca Gardner at one. Seven players averaging nine or more. And we're not even talking about somebody like a Dana Evans who can explode and in fact has exploded over the course of this year. It does feel as if James is doing a very good job, James Wade, uh, to be clear, in terms of that balance. And then the other side of it, and this cannot be an accident, nobody, is averaging 30 minutes per game this year. Kalia Copper and Emma Smith right at 29.8. So clearly the effort is being made to balance that out. Do you think as this season goes along, that's going to end up having a positive impact on the team's ability to play? What is a grueling schedule? 36 games through August 14th
1: before we get to the playoffs. Look, Candace Parker can't take those two games off without there being so much depth behind her. And she practiced when when the sky announced that she was not going to play in the game that the following day i forget exactly which one it was the wmac season, season just kind of blends together at this point but i mean she was at practice she was doing like agility training she wasn't like she didn't like scrimmage with the team but you know after the fever game she was do take, like she was working on her post game with ann waters and you know that wouldn't have happened last year after the the slow start that they went off to, but now that they've got things going a little bit more like the vets don't have to play 30, 32 minutes a game. And it's going to be such a huge part for the sky being able to make a playoff run this year, knowing that you can survive without Allie Quigley playing 34 minutes a game or Courtney VanderSloot having to play 30 plus minutes a game. Like Julie Alamon looked great last night. She had another performance where I think she had, what was it? She had, she had six assists I think she had five the day before the game before and she just provides, she's a, she's such a pro, one of the best players in the world. And when you have all that depth behind you, you're yeah. just going to have fresh legs in the playoffs and not have to drain your starting five. Like we saw kind of with the aces last night.
0: Mm-hmm. When I'm watching this team, a lot of times I'm saying things like she's heating up, she's on fire, things of that nature. And I know why. I know why I do it. It's because I have built into me NBA Jam. Uh, I grew up playing the game NBA Jam. Well, it's back. Arcade One-Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games. I, I don't even want to think about the fact that we're calling them retro and how that makes me <laughs> into it. But okay, they're not only bringing the best game ever back. And by the way, that's in the ad copy, but I just think you need to know like, it is the best game ever. Like that's Indisputable. They've made it even bigger with something called a shack edition machine. All right, if you don't know about NBA Jam, there are no fouls, no free throws. And you don't need quarters now, which is crazy because I don't quarters I use. You can even compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. So go ahead and pre-order it at arcadeoneup.com. Arcade one upcom That's arcade1up.com number for an estimated early September ship date. All these games start at $399. And they are now giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a locked-on listener enter for a chance to win a game console at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter. It will be life-changing. You will give up on your job, your friends, your family. It's all going to be playing NBA Jam. Take it from me. I remember it very well. So, oh man, I need. we need WNBA Jam, by the way, but that's yes. a whole other thing. We need WNBA Jam. I mean, all right, Cheryl but we Miller could probably edition. do <laughs> Cheryl Miller edition. How perfect would that be? Oh my God, that would be yes. We need WBL Jam and Myers drysdale edition. All right, but that's make sure you're reading our WBL work over at thenextoops.com. <laughs> so, Courtney Vandersloot, it seems, and and I, you know, you're closer to this team than I am. So I don't want to go out on a limb and say it Uh, like she is uh, not washed up after all that. (laughs) Um, When we look back now over the past four games, Courtney VanderSloot is averaging 17.3 points per game. She is shooting 57.4 percent from the field, 58.3 percent from three, 7.3 assists, two turnovers per game over that period of time. What has allowed her to
1: resume her Uh, let's say, (laughs) sleutiness. You know, I asked James Wade before the game about how, because Courtney has looked great. I asked him like the last four games. She has looked like she looks more comfortable out there. And I asked just how her right foot is feeling. And she, he said that we're back to the slew of old, which I loved because it does look like she has completely gone up a level, which is kind of weird to say about one of the greatest point guards of all time. But yeah, she. Has been able to play more too. Like she, there's been a couple of games early on the season where she's playing the low 20s, managing mm-hmm. that foot injury that she was dealing with, and now her and quickly both honestly um, have been playing more. They've just been playing more after overcoming early season injury. So yeah, Courtney Vandersloot leads. I think she's like fourth in fourth quarter scoring this year. She's been the reason why this guy been able to hang on in all these games when they played the most clutch games this year, and that can be grueling emotionally. But when you have a floor general like Salute, who's been in these moments, is not phased by them even a little bit. Mm -hmm. You have a good chance of winning these games, and the sky have been able to pull these out. Just looking at Salute in the fourth quarter and just asking her to take them home, essentially. This is an
0: eleven and five team. Do you feel like sixteen games in, this is where you want to be? I want to get into uh, a little bit more about what comes next, but just as we're kind of looking back, 16 out of 36 games, does is this team where they need to be, second in the WNBA, having an every, every opportunity at playing, not just obviously for the commissioner's cup, and we'll talk about that too, but playing for a number one overall seat at this point.
1: I think 16 games in, you should feel pretty good if you're a Sky fan about where this team is at. I think the one thing you could point to is just – hey, you can't get down in all these games and then make miraculous comebacks. You can't build leads and then have them fall apart and just lose to a team like the Indiana Fever. And it's not like a every team in the WNBA is a tough team to play every single night. But at the same time, and you're the, the reigning champs, you just can't give up leads and expect to go, you know, go on a long playoff run, essentially. And I do think, though, despite that, this team is just so ready. And they're still get uh, gelling together a little bit more. Like, they're still pl- – like, Emma Meesem and Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley, Candice Parker, like that whole starting five. Like, they're just trying to figure out how to play together still. And we're seeing that improvement game to game. And when we look at building leads late in the season, if they're still doing that, maybe that's a red flag. But I got a mm-hmm. feeling that just based on the chemistry they've built, it's kind of it's, they're going to continue to build on like more winning habits and they'll be kind of ready by the time the postseason starts barring any injuries. It's just kind
0: of crazy to think of them as a team that's still gelling. But again, you go back, you look at this league now, 16, 17 games in, you know, Washington played 19. But the Sun and the Aces are right around a net rating of 10. Uh The Sky are just third right behind at five. Uh, but clearly improving as they go. It feels like they very clearly made an argument that they are within that top tier. And I think last night is probably the best indication yet to be able to do what they did. Nobody can argue that the Sky aren't right there in that conversation once again for the best teams. But specifically to the Commissioner's Cup, I know you're going to be writing a story for us about that. Over at the com, very excited uh, that, that was a fun pitch process I felt like we
1: had about that. So, <laughs> Howard's always uh, so great when it comes to our story pitches. It's just like how do you think like did you think I was going to say no to this and I'm like, no, but I'm still yeah. pitching it to you anyway, Howard. <laughs> but you do you I, I no, but like it's just the,
0: the level of excitement, the level of enthusiasm and the fact that um, it, it, it's honestly like uh, it's gratifying for me to feel like, all right, I try very hard to think of everything (laughs) every day, but I'm going to have blind spots. I'm going to have things that I miss. but to know that this group is always with its eyes on so many different things, it, it, it is, uh, a very comforting feeling to know you have my back in terms of making sure that we are doing everything we should. And so yes, commissioner's cup is coming up. Uh, how much does it matter at this point you're around this team do they care a little do they care a lot is it significant uh I, I know james wade was asked uh about it after the indiana fever game
1: and i he had a really interesting answer right james wade has said that the team hasn't talked about it and that it's just not something that it's on his mind and in the last in-person game there was he said something along the lines, God forbid we make the Commissioner's Cup. I forget the exact answer that he put up, but it's like, hey, less miles on my team. We're, we're focused on a championship. And I understand that mentality as well. But I do think that some of the reporting that the Sun-Times has done, that the players are like they do want to win this thing. It's extra money. That's real money. And, extra
0: money. Yeah.
1: And you're, you know, this is also another like a little – Potential finals preview here that we have with the Aces and Sky. And a part of me wishes they hadn't played last night and we could have seen this performance at the Commissioners Cup just because of, again, it really did feel like a playoff game. And that, you know, that adrenaline you feel after covering a game like that lasts for hours afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think the Aces are going to have to make some adjustments. You can't, this is the tough part about really relying on the top five players on your team. For and this starting five has played the most minutes together. Other out of any five person lineup in the WNBA this season. And mm-hmm. when you throw the same looks out there, yes, it's, you're going to have explosions like you have in the first quarter. But then you give James Wade and his coaching staff one of the best in game coaches. You have someone that is just such a good tinkerer and obsesses over this stuff. You give him the same game plan over and over again. I just would rather take this guy in that situation that that goes 11 deep and yeah. they're really changing the, the way they go about things like minute to minute sometimes. So it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to uh, write that preview on the next tubes.com for that one, because I'm curious what Becky Hammond does after a game like this to change things around a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Me too. It's going to be utterly fascinating. They, the sky have five losses, they are tied in the loss column with Connecticut for second in the lead. Vegas has three. It is easy to imagine a scenario if they don't win that game that they have trouble catching Las Vegas if they were down uh, four in the loss column uh, with 22 go, right? It's just a really interesting league and format and everything. I'm eager to see it. I do want to just look at the schedule ahead because it seems as if Chicago has had a lot of tests early, but here's what you have coming up. Leave leave the commissioner's cup out of it for a second. We're just talking WNBA schedule. At Los Angeles, who was struggling lately, home against Minnesota, who was four and thirteen. Uh, Connecticut, obviously, significant on the 29th, uh, and a and a good test, but then Phoenix, who lost a den last night, at Minnesota, who lost again last night, at Indiana, who lost again last night. Home against Atlanta, Atlanta's 8-8 eight and eight and is surprising, but still Chicago clearly favored at L.A. and at Dallas. By Saturday, July 16th, I feel like we're going to really know whether Chicago can make a run at that number one overall seed. Do you see it that way?
1: That's tough. I think that this team, again, I think this is the best team in the WNBA. That's the one we're going to be talking about them as at the end of the season because, again – when you can run one through 11 and all these players are are worth 15 minutes a game and are just not getting it because of how much talent's on this team. I just, I, the confidence I have in this team is just really high. And I'm not just saying that because I cover the team um, and I'm around them. It's just, you look at the depth and it's hard not to see them like being able to come out on top in any of those matchups. So, Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to take advantage of an easier schedule, if you want to call it that. Um, You know, those are very winnable games. But Minnesota is always going to be tough in Minnesota, no matter how bad the the Lynx are this year. So, but yeah, I mean, this guy have a real chance at, you know, being that, you know, coming away with the the top spot in the standings after that stretch. But Mm -hmm. this is just not the mentality of this team. It's funny, as you cover the team, it's like you kind of – get lost in that sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I, I think this guy could easily be, you know, the top team in the league by the end of this year in terms of the standings. And it's going to be a pivotal stretch for sure. It's fascinating to
0: see now, obviously Chicago is a sky town, but I, I'm not sure if you've seen this James, but uh, there's a new startup league uh, that's been uh, made available for men to play professional basketball. It's called the NBA. Men are allowed to
1: play basketball?
0: Not only allowed, but in fact, uh, they're being paid for their services. And in the NBA, uh, they're holding a draft uh, tonight, uh, Thursday night, June 23rd. Um, The Chicago, sorry, the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls are the local outfit in the NBA. Uh, And they are, according to the, well, My goodness, it says they're picking 18th, and there are 30 teams that it's hard to believe. Is it too I late understand. to enter the draft? Um, I think for you and me, for various reasons, having nothing to do with uh paperwork, it is too late, I'm afraid. <laughs> but that said, the ultimate NBA mock draft picks have been made, and if you search, Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, you can get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of the Locked On NBA Big Board as well. There's a five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft underway. So make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. Uh, Obviously, make sure you come back to us tomorrow. We're going to have a great show with Sabrina Merchant who has a podcast of her own, who does wonderful work covering the WNBA over at SB Nation, somebody I'm proud to call a friend. James K., proud to call you a friend. Wonderful that you're a colleague. Keep doing all the great work you're doing. For those who are listening and not seeing your name on YouTube, it is at James underscore M underscore K. Listen to his Skyhook podcast, read all his work over at The Trib, and, of course, read him at thenexthoops.com along with all of our other incredible contributors. I am Howard McDowell wishing you all a wonderful day.
1: You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.